Hello, my friends. You're listening to Repent and Believe podcast with Cynthia Smalls of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here we talk and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fast and God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I'd like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. This is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You, my friend, are to never give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, folks, let me give you a little announcement. I may have to put you on pause. I am expecting my management company to swing by this morning. So if the doorbell rings, I have to let them in. So aside from that, you all see the title of the podcast, right? So before we get into that, We got to pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, I come to you with a heavy heart on this topic. Just like it was in the days of the prophet Hosea, it is happening today in the 21st century. People have turned their ears from sound doctrine and they heap upon themselves these false teachers to tickle their ears. Why? Because the people are in willful disobedience and they want to hear good news from heaven anyway, that if they bring you money, Father, you will shower them with blessings and prosperity. So, Father, Let us take a look at what you say in Hosea, that your people must hate. They must hate sin, Father, because when they hate sin, then they won't be deceived to think that they still have fellowship with you. And then they go out and find these false teachers that will ease their consciences to think that as long as they go to church, as long as they sit up under some pastor, that they still have fellowship with you. They need to come out from amongst these false teachers and wolves in sheep's clothing and stop running after them to get a feel good about the sin they are in. Father, you know my hand is raised. 
you have brought me out of that damnable prosperity gospel because I was there. I was in sin running after these teachers that tell me that I can still have favor with you as long as I tithe, as long as I sacrifice my money to you, that I can still get to go to heaven. Father, we know money does not forgive sin, but the love of it is the root of all evil. And Father, that is all that is all that that damnable prosperity gospel and message is all about. The here and the now. Serving the false god of mammon. Causing people to fall into covetousness and greed. So Father, you tell us over here in Hosea chapter 4 verses 6 through 9. My people... <clears throat> are destroyed for lack of knowledge of my law where I reveal my will because you, the priestly nation, have rejected knowledge. I will also reject you from being my priest since you have forgotten the law of your God. I will also forget your children. The more they multiplied in numbers and increased in power, the more they sinned against me. I will change their glory into shame. They, the priest, feed on the sin offering of my people and set their heart on their wickedness. And it shall be like people, like priests, both are wicked and both will be judged. So I will punish them for their ways and repay them for their deeds. Amen. And Father, this is why it is critical, crucial, that we come out from amongst these false teachers. Otherwise, we too shall share in their punishment. And Father, just like the priests of old, they feed on the sin offering of your people. Today, in the apostate church, you have these wicked priests doing the same thing. They are feeding off of your people with this false doctrine of tithing and sowing money seed. Father... I ask on behalf of the people, we need wisdom. We need discernment and judgment to know a tree by the fruit it bears. No longer, no longer should we stay in willful sin and still want to be spiritual. Because that's a huge problem, Father. We want to still be spiritual and then have our, our sin cake and eat it too. Heaven forbid. Bless your holy name, Father. As your born-again children, we shall 
put away the sin and come out from amongst these false teachers because father you know they got a new scheme going on can you believe it father these people have not repented of what they have done so father i ask for insight and discernment may i exalt without slander without anger and without venom, but to preach and teach the absolute truth about a wolf and sheep's clothing according to your word, so that we are no longer naive, unlearned, and led astray. In Jesus' mighty name, thank you, Holy Spirit, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. So, (sighs) you know what? Sometimes you really got to shake your head at these false teachers. It's like, when will it ever end? Because don't let them fool you with this one. So, we see that the title, right? Prosperity Preacher preachers have a new gimmick to get your money oh don't let them fool you with this one folks listen don't let a false repentance lull you into sleep when in fact the same old game is being played but now it has a different covering (laughs) but it is still the same It's the same old bag of tricks, folks. It's that same tried and true method. Depart from the unlearned and naive and sleepwalking, lukewarm Christian from their money. It's the same thing. Folks, listen. If you are still sleeping on the false doctrine of tithing, you will most certainly be taken for a ride with this new scheme from the devil that he has imparted into his sinister minister's brains. Oh yes, he did. And with crocodile tears and false repentance, whereby they have admitted they will not apologize because it has taught them a lesson. Well, how selfish is that? If you have done a person wrong and you refuse to apologize for it, but you say rather than apologize that this wrong that you have done serves as a lesson to you, but then what about the person you have damaged? They are still walking on and being dragged on broken glass and you refuse to apologize because for you, this has taught you a lesson. So you don't feel any shame? No, I don't feel ashamed because it it enlightened me. Okay, well, welcome to the party. We glad you woke up, but still no apology? Folks, listen, what is this new light bulb moment, this new lesson they have learned? Well, apparently, 
they have now learned after, mind you, raking in billions of dollars off this one lie, okay? They have raked in millions. I'm talking about jets, mansions, luxury vacation trips. I'm talking about flashy clothing, jewelry. These homes, these men, these women have rival palaces. These I need to calm down. You want to know why I need to calm down? Because I am angry. I am I am I am angry that how people can dupe people for years and make no apology for it. Not even saying saying, you know what? My bad. My bad. I was wrong. I I was taught this too or something. And this is why it vexes me because I'm coming from personal experience with this prosperity damnable gospel. I have sat under the likes for years of Creflo Dollar, Kenneth Copeland, Joyce Meyer, T.D. Jakes, a little bit of Joe Osteen. I was never really crazy about him, but I liked it, those feel-good messages, especially when I was in willful, blatant, deliberate sin. So anybody that were preaching on word of faith, prosperity, uh, tithing, and that how through tithing you can get blessings from God, especially money, so I was too busy, just like untold thousands. We were too busy with life and the cares of our lives, being in sin to take two seconds to actually go into the word of God for ourselves to see as New Testament, born again, blood-bought covenant, I got to calm down. Covenant believers that we are not under any of the 613 laws of Moses. So now we have pastors claiming they are repenting for all the times that they have taught on that damnable message. So now they claim they have received new revelation that in fact we are not under the law of Moses. Again, welcome to the party, Pastor. We have been here screaming from the rooftops that you all better stop teaching that damnable doctrine of devils. So, what, le what lesson are they claiming to have learned? That tithing is not required of the New Testament saint. I can't say it enough on the podcast today. Welcome to the party. Glad you have arrived. We've been known that. We fell for your lies about tithing for many years until the real gospel and not that damnable prosperity gospel was preached 
to us and we understood we are not under any one of the 613 laws of Moses, but under the new covenant, the blood covenant. We are to give cheerfully with a willing heart, not being compelled under the threat that God is going to get us because we are robbing him of the tithe and the offering, but that we give what we are led to give, not under compulsion, not under browbeating, not under manipulation. We no longer want to build your Pharaoh empires. So, so folks, listen up. This is the new trick coming out of the charismatic prosperity circle. Instead of forcing you under the fear of the Lord that he's going to curse you in order for you to cough up your 10% of your money through tithing. Because see now, like I said, they claim they have been enlightened that tithing was under the law. And since... <laughs> Oh my goodness, folks, listen, you, I know some of you may be shell-shocked, like, what? Tithing is a false doctrine? What? I'm a faithful tither. Well, you have been sufficiently indoctrinated. No, beloved, we are not commanded to tithe. Now, we know churches need money. They got missions. They got outreach. They need stuff going on at the church building, right? Salaries, someone got to pay for the lights, the air, the heat, all of that. And when they preach, preach sound doctrine, we have no problem. No problem giving money. But then don't lie to us. Put us in fear that God is going to curse us and that the reason why all the problems in our lives is because we don't tithe. No, all the problems in our lives because we sin and we are knee deep in it and God is dealing with us. He is chastening, he is chastening us. That's why we have problems in our lives. It's not because we are not bringing the wolf money so that he can continue in his lavish lifestyle. It is because you cannot be in two kingdoms at the same time. If you are a true born again child of God, God's seed lives in you and you cannot go on, continue in habitual sin. It's not possible. You want to know why? John tells us it's impossible. Because you have God's holiness of who he is living on the inside of you. And as the Holy Spirit walks us through this sanctification problem um, process, we sin less and less. So the problem is not in the area of giving money to the church. The problem is stop sinning. Then you won't have these problems and you won't be guilty into giving money thinking that your money is going to appease God. Absolutely not. 
though these so-called repented preachers are saying that, well, since they have been enlightened, that tithing was under the law, and since we are under grace, well, hello. But you know what? I have a question. You have been preaching on grace for years, and you just now getting a full understanding of it? Then what were you doing this whole time? Teaching and preaching on grace. Okay. Okay. Well, now that they have been so enlightened that no, we are not under the law. <sighs> we know this. Glad you finally woke up. Or have they? Hmm. Have they really woke up? Because this is the new scam going. So now, since they've been so enlightened that we are not under the law and commanded to tithe, and since we are under grace, we are we are not commanded to give up that ten percent. Well, guess what now? Since we are under grace, right? Now, this is their new understanding. And this is where the same trick bag is finna come out. Okay. They have gotten this understanding. Oh, boom, light bulb. We are not under the law. So we don't have to be commanded to type. Hmm, I've been teaching that wrongly. We are, in fact, under grace. And here is the new gimmick. So now, they are going to focus on grace. Because they know now they can't beat us in the head with tithing 10% of our gross income as if God is the mafia. That if you bring him money and pay him off, then you will receive divine healing and wealth and success. Folks, these people are liars and tricksters. They have not repented. Why? Because they have publicly stated that they will not apologize for all the years they have taught this false doctrine because it had not, had it not been for their teaching of this false doctrine, they would have never come to realize the truth of the matter is that we are not under any one of the 613 laws of Moses, which includes tithing. So now they are really going to preach on grace. So they figured, coming from Satan himself, people love God. It's obvious. They love to go to church. They love to read their Bibles. And so what better way? Because they know, well, a few of them know they can't do tithing threats anymore. So what they have now come up with is to pull on the heartstrings of the people of their love for God. That if you love God like you say you do. And if you are so appreciative of the grace he has given you. Then give like you love him. 
And I'm like, wait a minute. This is the same old trick bag. These people are taking a quote-unquote life lesson about tithing and the law and now have twisted your arm in a different direction now toward grace. You got to give it to them though. Okay, these people are geniuses. <laughs> they are geniuses. Like, I'm quite sure because think about it, right? Who knows a man's heart but God, right? All, all we can do as a mere mortal is look at the fruit. So, my question is, what compelled you to come forward now? After decades, decades of preaching this one message because this was their one trick pony. And they became super uber wealthy behind this one lie that if you don't bring God money, he is going to curse you and your life will be a life of poverty, distress, and hell. And that you can solve all of this by tithing because God will give it back to you and then they will drag out old covenant, old testament scriptures, twist them into a pretzel to show you you in fact are a no good thief. You've been robbing God. Shame on you. Bring this money to the church. Bring it all. I am not going to bless this congregation unless we get the money. These people are bold in your face, promising to give you a prophecy, get you all riled up and eager, only to tell you, you got $1,500 for this prophecy. If not, you ain't getting it. Come on. God told me 10 people here right now got $1,000 to give. Give it. <sighs> Folks, listen. Real repentance calls you to be filled with godly sorrow. You are remorseful. This type of repentance coming out of this char charismatic circle is not true repentance. Not at all. They have just now figured out, out a new way to get money out of you because for Whatever compelled them to come forth, they still have to furnish that lavish lifestyle. Because once they realize, well, I have to come forward and tell them that tithing for the New Testament believer has all been a lie. But I still got bills to pay. So, so how can I admit it and still rake in the money? And I'm quite sure Satan, their father, gave them this bright idea that they will preach on grace and that they would preach on we are, in fact, to give cheerfully. We, we don't have to, to tithe as a requirement. Therefore, they now figured out instead of 10%, because it was never 10% under the law anyway. It was 
upwards to 23, almost 33%. So instead of getting 10%, which was a lot, obviously, because look at the lifestyle of the rich and famous pastor. All right, folks, I'm back. I told y'all, right? I made the announcement that once management comes, I have to let them in. So where did we leave off? I believe I was talking about how these preachers who claim they have repented, but now have come up with a new scheme because 10% of the tithe, they can no longer browbeat us with that. And so they came up with a new way to get even more money out of us by saying that since we are under grace and we are not under the law to tithe, but that we give with a willing and cheerful heart. So since we love God so much and we are so grateful for his grace and so appreciative of what he has done for us through Christ Jesus, well, they now figured they can really twist your arm in another direction to get even more money, more money, because they obviously have seen and realized that people would give 10%. But if they can get even more money out of you, then they will. Because as long as they claim, but I'm not teaching tithing. Yes, that is a false doctrine. Well, you are not doing the people any favors by bending them in a new direction to finagle even more money out of them because again that is not repentance real repentance would be to also call out your fellow wolf pack and expose them for doing the same thing you have been doing lying on god and bilking people out of millions millions of dollars and and shut down your ministry if you have sincerely repented. Go away quietly and sit with the real Jesus Christ of Nazareth and not that false Christ you had been preaching and sit with him and truly get born again because that's real repentance. Making restitution just like Zacchaeus. Listen, over here in Luke 19, right? Starting at verse 1. We are going to see what <clears throat> a rich man who has repented and what that truly looks like. Because what, excuse me, what these false teachers are not doing is repenting. Okay? Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through, and a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, 
he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to the he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today, salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save what was lost. Amen. So, pastor, until you act like Zacchaeus, who too was a wealthy man, who have repented and made restitution even up to four times the amount. He says, if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. He said, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. Amen. So my question, and this should be your question too. Are you giving half of your possessions to the poor? And the fact that you have in fact, by your own admission, cheated people out of their money through the false doctrine of tithing and sowing money seed. Are you going to make restitution? Are you going to pay back the people four times the amount? Because if you ain't doing any of that, I, me personally, don't believe you have sincerely repented. Especially if that wasn't enough because that would have been enough. But for the fact, you are now saying, because we all saw the gleam in your eye when you got the revelation. Oh, wait a minute. If I teach more on grace and that how we are not under law, I can get more money out of the people. Where is the statement of restitution? Where is the admit, admitting that you have in fact cheated people out of their money because of the false doctrine of tithing in which you have said, I am not going to apologize because it taught me a lesson. Again, how selfish is that? So forget about all the millions you have built and deceived people out of. You ain't trying to give any of that back. Have you sincerely repented to the Lord? Has the Lord said to you, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham? Did you have that encounter with this Jesus right here? 
not that fake phony Santa Claus Jesus you have been preaching to us about how we can get in on his ticket to the good life and that the word of God is a gateway a gateway to wealth really so you see the word of God by twisting of its scripture a gateway to wealth for who not for us we have yet to become as wealthy but you and the rest of your ilk has become wealthy so for you you do still today see the word of god as a gateway to wealth because you're not going to preach on tithing anymore you're going to now preach on grace and that if we love god like we say we do then give it give financially that will attest to your love for god they better really sincerely repent so folks listen let us wrap our brains around some sound doctrine, okay? These people are repackaging the same old, same old. They, and the fact that they are not even going to apologize. Okay, 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 okay. Because see, what they truly need to do is to give back that money if not to the people directly, but give it to ministries and God-fearing charities and organizations who are out in these fields doing the work of an evangelist, turning people from sin and pointing them to the cross. That's when we will know someone has truly repented. Uh, truly repented. Otherwise, it is just another money-making scheme make no mistake it is sickening god have mercy on them so let us go over to second peter chapter 2 so that we can see the true characteristics of these false teachers and prophets is ridiculous so come on but first but first let us go over the points about whether or not we have to keep any one of the 613 laws of Moses, namely tithing under the old covenant. Folks, if you want more teaching on this, check the podcast. I have done by the grace of God many, many teachings in different ways on how we have been duped and lied to about this tithing doctrine which is false you are not required to tithe 10 percent of your income to any church any pastor any ministry it is not a requirement from god and i don't care how many of these pastors teach it it is false and God will judge them if they do not sincerely repent so listen we are not 
commanded. Oh, let me say this also. If you want to be free from this false doctrine in particular, tithing, study Galatians chapters 2, 3, and 5. Study Romans. Study Ephesians. Study the New Testament. The apostles teaches us how Christ fulfilled the law and that how the law was not given to the Gentiles anyway. Hold on. I got some scriptures for you all that tells us how Gentiles, which which is us, were never given the law in the first place. Hold on. Let me go grab them. We got these prosperity preachers coming out of the wit out of the woodwork with all of their false repenting. So listen, we got Romans 2.14, Romans 15.9, Malachi 4.4, 4, Psalms 147, verse 19. We got Romans 3.2. And there are many others. Yeah, I just took a dramatic pause so that I can calm down because once you understand and get the revelation from the Holy Spirit that these false teachers are wicked. And that if, like Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, teaches us that if anybody teaches you that godliness is gain, you are to withdraw yourself from them. That means that if anybody teaches you that to give God money, you will get money, run. These men, like Paul said, are corrupt and they are of depraved minds. Get away from them. Listen, the Holy Spirit has said to me, this is April 19th of this year at 2.20 p.m. He said, in order to take control of someone, you must first get into their minds. For when you do, you have control to manipulate it, indoctrinate it, and brainwash it to conform to your purpose, your plans, and agendas for for evil, for their evil, wicked plots and schemes. That's how that works. Folks, at the end of the day, with these false teachers, it is all about getting your money, your time, your talent, and your worship. When all of this should have been, since all of this should have been going to God for his purposes and his plans in the earth. But you rather believe the lies coming from the well-dressed preacher who's as fake as a $3 bill. Amen. So let us go over some some key points about whether or not we have to keep any of the laws of Moses, namely tithing under the old covenant. So, like I said, if you are new to the podcast, you are most likely shell shocked and you can't believe what as a Christian, 
We don't have to tithe. No precious. We are not commanded under the new covenant to tithe. We give with a willing heart as we are led by the Holy Spirit to give and not under compulsion and not under the fear and threat that God is going to curse us because they love to drag out and twist Malachi 3.10. Because for many decades, these false pastors and teachers and prophets and bishops and prophetess have been lying to us saying with twisted and taken out of context scripture that we have been robbing God of the tithe and offerings and that if we bring God his tithes and offerings, he will open up the windows of heaven and pour us out a blessing that we won't have room enough for it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like I said, the whole twisting of Malachi chapter 3. Listen, folks. In that chapter, God was speaking to corrupt priests. They were the ones that were, that was the prophet Malachi was addressing. Not the Gentiles. Not us. The prophet Malachi was talking to them about their sin in this area of offering. And we got another clue into this over there in Hosea. How Christ, I mean, how the Lord was dealing with those priests, right? So the Lord was not talking to the Gentiles. You want to know why and how? The Gentiles did not know the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Well, all we had to do was to go over to the account where Paul was given a sermon on Mars Hill to the, <clears throat> to the philosophers and the Greeks in Athens. Because over there in Acts chapter 17, right, he was... He was given this sermon because they had invited him to get more understanding of this teaching about Jesus because they have never heard of this type of teaching before. And so Paul, as he was going through the city, it sickened him to see all of these statues of these false gods that these Greeks were worshiping. And worse yet, they had a statue for some unknown God, some unnamed God, just in case they miss one. Well, that statue of the, of the unnamed God would have that deity covered. And so Paul was giving them this teaching on Jesus. And so this is how we know the the covenant that God had between Israel was not given to the Gentiles because they were stumped and at a loss and they couldn't figure out and understand when Paul was telling them about Christ and him crucified and him being resurrected. And they were like, wait a minute, hold the phone resurrection. Don't nobody come back from the dead. And they mocked him. And they sneered at him and some, because of their puffed up knowledge, said to him, well, you know what? We'll discuss this at a later time. 
Yeah, so anyway, let us do a quick recap about this whole tithing thing. Scriptures say, know that a man is not justified by observing the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not, and not by observing the law. Because by, by observing the law, no one will be justified. Amen. And that's Galatians 2, 16. Because also, beloved, Paul tells us that if we keep any one of the 613 laws of Moses, we must keep them all. And we must keep it in the same way that God instituted it for Israel. So for any pastor to have you tithe and they telling you, you got to give 10%. You are under a curse, not because you don't tithe, but because you are tithing. You want to know why you are back up under God's curse? Because you are not keeping the remaining 612. See, this is what they are not telling you. Listen, this passage over here, Galatians 2.16, this passage reveals that the law cannot justify or make righteous any man in God's sight, which is why God sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to completely fulfill the requirements of the law for all those who would believe in him. Amen. Christ Jesus redeemed us from the curse that has been brought through the law by becoming a curse for us. And we can study this out in Galatians 3.13. He substituted himself in our place and upon the cross took the punishment that is justly ours so that we are no longer under the curse of the law. In doing so, he fulfilled and upheld the requirements of the law. This does not mean that we followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, because we are not under law, that we are to be lawless. Rather, it means that we are free from the 613 laws of Moses and instead under the law of Christ, which is to love God with all of our being and to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Amen. And can't you see how they are going to rack up billions? behind the doctrine of grace and the law of Christ. So now they are cementing themselves in the New Testament, agreeing that, right, we are not under law. I have been teaching that wrongly. I'm not going to apologize for that because it taught, it taught me a lesson. Forget about 
robbing and fleecing you of your money. That is no concern of mine. I've learned a lesson. So now I figured out through my father, Satan, how to wrangle and finagle even more money out of you because I will be writing. No doubt, folks, books are coming. I guarantee you a book on grace and that how you can be rich under grace. I, I guarantee you, I guarantee you books are going to come out now saying how you can be prosperous under the grace of God. You got to be kidding me. Listen. Right. Christ became the end of the law by virtue of what he did on earth through his sinless life and his sacrifice on the cross. So the law no longer has any bearing over us because its demands have been fully met met in the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith in Christ who satisfied the righteous demands of the law, restores us into a pleasing relationship with God and keeps us there. No longer under the penalty of the law, we now live under the law of grace in the love of God. Amen. So can't you see how they've come up with a new gimmick? Oh, they are going to wholeheartedly preach grace and that if you love God like you say you do, then give it, give it as a sacrifice of love. So instead of saying, give it under the requirement of tithing and that you better stop loving, I mean, you, you better stop robbing God. Otherwise you are going to be under a curse. So now the new gimmick is if you love God, then give, give as much as you love, give, give, give. <sighs> Folks, we know because since they claim they have now come to the understanding, we are not under the law. Well, We've already known that from Romans 2.14. For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law. Again, he says it twice. Having not the law are a law unto themselves. Amen. So. Speaking of obeying the law, Paul mentions that some non-Jewish, the Gentiles, end up keeping parts of the law by nature, even though they are not required to do so by God. In other words, the human conscience sometimes prompts people to do the right thing, even without having a written law to tell them to do it. This parallels Paul's point from earlier in this letter that God makes certain things obvious to all people. And we see this in Romans 1, 18 to 20. Study that, folks. 
In this way, those Gentiles allow their consciences to become a kind of law for them to follow. They might not even know what is included in the written. They might not even know what is included in the written books of the law given to Israelites. So, to answer the age-old question about the law, and if we, 21st century, New Covenant, blood-bought followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, have to keep any of the 613 laws of Moses, the answer is no. No, absolutely not. And so for these so-called repenting prosperity preachers, okay, all they have done was repackage the same old trick bag. Instead of browbeating you with twisted scriptures about the law, they will now browbeat and twist grace scriptures that if you love God so much, then give it. Well, we need to find out how we would know the wolf, okay? How we would know we are being taken for a ride because folks, listen up, don't fall for it. Do not. Do not fall for this fake repentance. Believe in that. Oh, see? See? They are not so bad after all. Look, they making a public repenting plea. No, they are not. They are not even apologizing. Even on the lowest level of the doctrine of repentance. They are refusing to, uh, well, one of them are refusing to apologize. For what? I've learned my lesson. And I won't apologize for, for teaching on what I thought to be true. But my eyes have now been opened. And now, because of all of that wrong teaching, it taught me a lesson. Again, how selfish is that? What about the untold tens of thousands of single fathers, single mothers, widows, people on retirement, people who don't make a whole lot of money on their jobs, gave 10% of money they didn't even have to give hoping and praying that God is going to bless them. You had sick people giving money for their healings only to have died waiting on God, falling out of faith with God because the pastor promised that if they bring God money for their healing, they will be healed. All you got to do is tithe your money, and you will be healed. Just have faith, have faith. And then when things don't work out for the people, their favorite go-to backup line is, well, you didn't have enough faith. You mean tell me you have the audacity, the unmitigated goal to not apologize because it taught you a lesson? 
It taught you a lesson. Therefore, there's nothing for you to apologize. You better get out of my face. My face. Because that's not repentance. So, by the grace of God, beloved, let us all come over here to 2 Peter chapter 2. So that we won't be led astray with this new gimmick. Okay? Because this is the same wolf. He just put on a different jacket. But underneath is still the wolf. Be not mistaken. <laughs> because. Okay? I, I hate. I've come to hate lying. I've come to hate hypocrisy. And I've come to hate sin. And I don't want to see any of my brothers and sisters in Christ being led astray. Yeah, I'm coming against church corruption all day. And I will never make apology. Never make apology for coming against sin and corruption. Never. So don't ask me. No. I will never. Because it's not right. Listen, let me calm down. Second Peter 2. Let's put on our listening ears. Those who have ears, listen. Listen to what the Holy Spirit has given us. Insight. So that we don't no longer be naive, unlearned, just being prey for these predators. Because that's what they are. It's still the same wolf. He just put on a new jacket. Acting like he's a reformed sheep. No they are not. Listen. Unless they do what Zacchaeus did. For me personally. I don't want to hear none of it. None of it. I'm quite sure. The Lord Jesus Christ incorporated that account. Into the gospels. For a reason. To show us how a rich, wealthy man truly repents when they have cheated people out of their money. The Lord does not give us these stories just to put us to bed. He gives them to us for us to wake up and stop being lazy and study his word so that you beloved, won't have your faith shipwrecked behind some well-dressed preacher who all they have done was to repackage the old same trick bag. They have found a new way to get that money out of you. Don't be deceived. Amen. So Second Peter 2 talks about the danger of false teachers. But there, I'm going to read it all the way through. But there were also false prophets in Israel, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will cleverly teach destructive heresies and even deny the master who bought them. In this way, they will bring sudden destruction on themselves. Many will follow their evil teaching. See? See? It's true. It's happening. 
Many will follow their evil teaching and shameful immorality. And because of these teachers, the way of truth will be slandered. Slandered, folks. Listen, in their greed, they will make up clever lies to get a hold of your money. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. Verse 3 just confirmed this new thing they have come up with. This is yet another clever lie they have made up because in their greed they have devised yet another clever lie to get a hold of your money. They found a new way to make merchandise of you because folks, be prepared. Books are coming. Books are coming on this new revelation. Oh, guess what, folks? We are not under the law. We know that. We have known that. If we had studied this word, we would have known that 2,000 years ago that we were not under the law, especially commanded to tithe. Oh, we are not under tithing, so I'm going to write a new book that we are under grace. Well, welcome to the party, pastor. We know this. Oh, we are under grace. So listen, you can still be prosperous under grace. So instead of giving 10%, give more. Give more. You love God, right? We know you love God. Well, then give like you love God. Give, give, give. You're, you are under grace, grace, grace. I've been teaching wrong, wrong, wrong. Give, give more. Give out of your heart this time. Not out of a set percent. Give out of your heart. Give because the Bible says we give cheerfully. <sighs> it's the same old, same old folks. So listen, many will follow their evil teaching and shameful immorality. And because of these teachers, the way of truth will be slandered in their greed. They will make up clever lies to get a hold of your money. But God condemn them long ago and their destruction will not be delayed glory be to god god will have vengeance on his enemies i pray that they truly sincerely repent for god did not spare even <clears throat> verse 4 for god did not Spare even the angels who sinned. He threw them into hell in gloomy pits of darkness where they are being held until the day of judgment. And God did not spare the ancient world except for Noah and the seven others in his family. Noah warned the world of God's righteous judgment. So God protected Noah when he destroyed the world of ungodly people with a vast flood. Later, God condemned 
the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and turned them into heaps of ashes. He made them an example. Okay. Mm. He made them an example of what will happen to ungodly people. So, Pastor, do you hear this? God will make an example of ungodly people. Think about the flood. Think about Sodom and Gomorrah. But God also rescued Lot out of Sodom because he was a righteous man who was sick of the shameful immorality of the wicked people around him. Amen. Folks, and just like Lot, I am sick of it. I am sick of the shameful immorality of the wicked pastor who uses God's word to get money out of you by maligning, by manipulating, by twisting, by now pulling on your heart strings, now guilting you out of the money. Because if you say you love God, and unfortunately we got hypocrites in the body who claim they love God, so now they are going to have to prove it. Not through their obedience, because that's how we show ourselves to love God. But oh no, no, the lukewarm hypocritical follower, I don't know if you can call them that, but they will give out of their wallets to prove they in fact love God because they refuse to come out from these wolves and sheep's clothing. Let us jump down. Where were we? No. We don't have to jump down. Listen, yes, Lot was a righteous man who was tormented in his soul by the wickedness he saw and heard day after day. So you see, the Lord knows how to rescue godly people from their trials, even while keeping the wicked under punishment until the day of final judgment. Amen. He is especially hard on those who follow their own twisted sexual desire and who despise authority. These people are proud and arrogant, daring even to scoff at supernatural beings without so much as trembling. Amen. Let me... I know I said I'm going to read this through, but it's not me. It's the Holy Spirit wanting me to interject certain things. You know how these false pastors teaches, teach on um, binding and loosing and binding of the devil. We Listen, that's another false doctrine. Yeah, check the podcast somewhere about maybe a year and a half ago, maybe almost two years. I did. Women know, I think I re-uploaded it. So it, it may be current somewhere on the false doctrine of pleading the blood of Jesus and binding and loosening of the devil in particular. The Bible tells us who who binds the devil and is and is not humans. It is the angel. And we don't rebuke Satan. Only the Lord rebukes Satan. So 
They up here doing all of this supernatural binding and loosening of the devil in complete doctrinal error. Look, scripture is telling us these people are proud and arrogant, daring even to scoff at supernatural beings without so much as trembling. But the angels who are far greater in power and strength do not dare to bring from the Lord a charge of blasphemy against those supernatural beings. Peter is like even the angels got enough sense to bring a charge of blasphemy against the devil and his demons. But oh no, no, not the well-dressed preacher. You can't tell him he can't bind and loose the devil. Yeah. They are proud and they are arrogant. Verse 12, these false teachers are like unthinking animals, creatures of instinct, born to be caught and destroyed. They scoff at things they do not understand. Amen. Like all of that binding and loosening. Oh, I bind you, devil. I bind you. If all this binding of the devil is going on, why does the scripture says that Satan prowls around still like a roaring lion looking and seeking whom he can devour if he has been bound? Wake up. Listen, their destruction. Okay, let's just cut to the to the chase. Their destruction is their reward for the harm they have done. So their reward will be eternal destruction. Why? For the harm, for the harm they have done. And yet they will stand up on TV talking about, I'm not going to apologize because had I not learned this lesson, then, then what? I can't beat you in, in the head with another device talking about no. I've learned it it makes me a better person. Well, I'm glad you are a better person. Meanwhile, you got people still broke. Still, and I guarantee you, people are still going to tithe. They are. They are. They they say <clears throat> they and this is the proof, okay? As a witness, one has told me that they would they would rather wait. How she put it, they would not stop tithing. No more will, will they stop giving to the homeless. So they people are going to still tithe. Even when you give them what the word of God says about giving out of a willful heart and that we are not required to tithe, these people are saying... I will not stop tithing no more as me stopped giving to the homeless. I'm not going to stop giving to the homeless, nor am I going to stop tithing. I'm not stopping tithing. Okay, well, then you better be prepared to keep all the other remaining 612, Miss Missy. Okay, well... Their destruction is their reward for the harm they have done. They love to indulge in evil pleasures in broad daylight. Folks, these are your well-dressed preachers. Okay, this is what's really going on. They love to indulge in evil 
pleasures in broad daylight. They are a disgrace and a stain among you. So this is not throwing pot shots. This is what the word of God is saying about these teachers in particular. They are a disgrace and stain among you. They delight in deception. They delight in deception. Folks, that's all we need to know. Listen, I can shut the podcast off right now. They delight in deception. As a matter of fact, that's all I'm saying. Lord willing, until next time, I should I should be speaking to you all soon. Bye for now. guys for tuning in i truly appreciate all your support until next time i'll be talking to y'all soon bye